Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Before I continue, before I start, I actually want to give honor to Pastor and Brother Roberts for um, this opportunity to be up here uh, standing, teaching to you guys. Um, I do not take that lightly. Um, like Pastor said, I've been preparing this for like three three weeks now, and third time's the charm. Uh, the first time it snowed, second time it snowed, they told me, hey, we're going to have to. And I'm, you know, and, and, and when you're nervous about doing something, you're, you're kind of, okay, good, good. And then I was hoping for snow yesterday. <laughs> so, you know, something that didn't happen. Um, like Pastor said, we had our Esperanza Viva service yesterday. Pastor preached. I translated and I asked him, can I teach in Spanish today and have him translate? <laughs> he said, yeah, we'll do that. But, you know, I'm, I was just kidding. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, he said he would interpret. So whatever I say, yeah, it would be a really short one. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, but... Um, you know, the, the, the fact is that, you know, I, I spoke with somebody before. I think it was Brother Roberts that told me that every time you come here, you come out to the front to teach, you're always going to be nervous, you know. You're always going to have that. And somebody else had told me, I don't know if it was you, Brother Roberts, or somebody else, um, the reason why you're nervous is because you're, God is going to use you to impact somebody's life. So that's what I want um, to happen today. You know, I want somebody's life to be impacted. Um, Brother Bo, how are you today? <laughs> Um, last time I taught, Brother Bo and I made eye contact for like two seconds. And when you know when you're up here and somebody's there, that's too long. So, and then he, and then, but, but, but he was focused. He was paying attention. And he was like kind of leaning in his lap and just looking at me. And, um, and then I was looking around. And then I, we just made eye contact for like two seconds. And that's, that's a long, long time when you're up here. That's a really long time. So, like I said, I, you know, I'm a little, you know, not nervous, but I'm, I'm kind of, Looking forward to what God is going to do. Like I said, this this word has been cooking for <laughs> for three weeks, and uh, in in this time I've been adding some things, and I just realized last night that some of the things doesn't make sense. So just bear with me if I mess up mess it up a little bit. Um, yeah, God just gave me, hey, just throw this in there. I'm like, okay, you know, just where it lands. Um, but if I say, just just bear with me, please. Um, so like I said, so Psalms ninety two uh, and verse twelve. And 13, the Bible says, and I'm reading from, a, wait, I'm reading from King James Version, never mind. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. They shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Amen. Uh, before you sit down, can we just bow our heads down and pray? Can we just lift a hand? Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, your word says in Isaiah 55 and 11, that so shall my word that, be, that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void. Lord, let your word come out, Lord God. It will not return void. Lord, your word is like a seed, Lord, that is planted, Lord. So prepare our hearts. Prepare our minds today, Lord, for what you're getting ready to do, Lord God. Make this word impact somebody's life today, Lord God. Let us be doers of the word and not only hearers of the word, Lord, we pray. In your presence, Lord God, let your presence fill this place, Lord God. Let your word touch somebody's life. In Jesus' name, 
in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Um, now, the, the lesson that I'll be teaching today, the title, um, you can give it two titles, really, um, because I'll be talking about two subjects that kind of go hand in hand. The first one, uh, well, my main title is to be the church. Now, for the Esperanza Viva people, it may sound familiar because um, I, I gave a, a short lesson about this. Uh, last month, we had service. Um, but then what I did, I went ahead and added something to, to the word um, to make it longer, too. Um, so, and then I started to, to do research, you know, and about the attendance of churchgoers, you know, and what I found out, I, I went on Google, I typed in, you know, percentage of people that go to church every Sunday in America. Um, it shows some really re numbers that will make you think a lot. Um, it says there that the 41, there's a percentage of 41% of people that come to church, that say that they come to church. 25% um, say that they come and they're active in the church. 24% say that they're not, they don't come to church at all. And the other 10% didn't answer. Also, we see that Easter, you know, is the most attended Sunday in America. You know, a lot of people go to service only on Easter, you know, come to church only on Easter. And... We take that phrase, I go to church, very lightly. You know, we say, I go to church just like saying, I go to the store. You know, I go to a game. I go to whatever place. I go, you know, to places. But God's calling is not for us to come to church. God's highest calling isn't for us to come to church. We are called to be planted to be the church. We're, we're called to be a light in the darkness that shines, you know, that's what we're called to do. In the text we read this morning, uh, it says, The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. They shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. So the righteous shall flourish. They will flourish. Now, flourish is a word that we don't really use a lot. You know, we don't go answering when they ask, how are you? Like, I'm flourishing. You know, if you don't, you don't as a man, you lose, you lose manly points like that. You know, so, <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's, it's not something we, we use every day, but it's something that the word promises to us. You know, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree, right? Um, flourishing is a great image of what happens when you're planted. Now, I searched the word uh, flourish in the dictionary, the English dictionary, and it means to grow luxuriantly. You know, when you, when you think of that, I'm like, you're growing luxuriantly. So there's a luxury that comes when you flourish, you know. The righteous shall flourish. When you're planted, you will flourish, and it becomes a luxury to come to church. It's a luxury. It's not only something that we do. It's something that we are. We have to become the church. Um, it also means to thrive. Uh, to flourish is to thrive, to achieve success, and to prosper. Um, Thriving, when you're thriving, you're growing, you're prospering, you're being a blessing, you're having a spiritual growth, you're growing. Now, the righteous, when they are planted, they shall flourish. And now, here the Bible uses two different trees that it, it compares it to, to flourish. Uh, the first one is a cedar tree. Now, the cedar tree is given this characteristics of being durable, has a lot of durability. It's pleasant to look at. Pleasing to smell, 
Um, in the first chapter of Kings, I mean, in First Kings chapters 5 and 6, when Solomon is building his church, he calls for cedar trees to be delivered so he can build a church out of cedar. Why? Because it's durable. It was designed to last forever. And if you have a, any cedar furniture in your house, first of all, you're rich. But second of all, you have a good, you have a good eye, you know, and, and you have a good taste. You know, it smells good. Um, I, I remember in Mexico, and, and I'm not rich by any means, but we did have a cedar tree in our backyard, and it didn't fall because I, I don't remember it falling, but my, one of my uncles was a carpenter. He came down, and he, he, I mean, it was a very tall tree. I mean, it took, a, took most of our yard. It gave a lot of shade. I don't know why my parents would want to take it down. You know, it's really hot in Mexico where, where I'm from, so you need that shade. So they took that cedar tree and they made some really nice furniture. They made sofas, chairs, a table. Um, I think I still have a picture of me sitting on one of the sofas. Um, we have relatives that are watching over the house we used to live at in Mexico, and they say that the, the furniture is still looking like it looked, you know, um, when it was made, which was in 2002, I think. So it's been a pretty long time. Um, now, we, we are being compared to flourishing like a cedar, that is durable, strong, and lasting. And the second tree that it uses to describe how we flourish is the palm tree. Now, the palm, the palm branch or the palm leaf are symbolic of triumph and victory. Um, I also searched what a palm tree means, and it also says peace and eternal life. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's what um, a palm tree signifies. Uh, it signifies triumph and victory, peace, and eternal life. Now, to me, that sounds like the promise of John 3.16. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and who shall believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So it's a lot of correlation that happens here, you know, in, 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 the, in, the, in the word of God. And when we imagine palm trees, you know, if, you were, if I was to tell you, close your eyes right now and imagine a palm tree, you're not gonna, going to imagine it in a bad place. You're going to imagine a nice beach, you know, palm tree, coconuts hanging, coconut falls, you drink out of it, you know, you do whatever you got to do. Um, you may imagine yourself sitting down in a palm tree, leaf being waved, you know, fanning you. You know, when, when you think of a palm tree, you don't think of, you know, like the only bad image you may get about a palm tree is when it's hurricane season, and they show that picture of the palm tree being kind of blown away. But something, you never see a palm tree that has fallen due to the high winds. That's another good characteristic of a palm tree. It can withstand the storm. And so we're compared, you know, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree, like a cedar. Why? Because it's, it's, it's saying that, hey, you're going to be planted. You're going to be strong. You know, you're not going to fall when the storm comes. In the Olympic Games, you know, the old school Olympic Games, I don't know if they do that now. I don't really watch sports. But whenever someone would win the game, they were presented with the palm branch. You know, congratulations, you won. Here's your palm branch. You know, that's, and, and that's, I would say, equivalent to getting a gold medal today. You know, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, it is known as a triumphal entry. You know, there's triumph there. In other words, he comes, you know, here comes the king. The king is coming, and what they do, they waved palm branches. Uh, I believe it says that they threw them on the ground so he could walk on that. You know, that, that's really a strong uh, correlation with a palm uh, branch, a palm tree branch. Um, now, the righteous shall flourish. Now, ask somebody, how you doing? 
Now reply, I'm flourishing. <laughs> now, now it changes, right? Now it's, yeah, I'm flourishing. I'm going to flourish. If you don't flourish, I'm going to do it. And then I am growing. I am blessed. You know, I am strong. I am stable. I am pleasing to be around. I am pleasing to smell, you know? I like to smell good. I'm not, I'm not one to body. My wife knows. I, I got, like, a lot of colognes, you know, and I don't like to, to stand. I, I, and the reason is because um, one day I, I, um, I met a friend from elementary school. I hadn't seen her in a long time. And, and this was around the time that, that deodorant started to be a, a big thing on me. And I forgot. I have, it was a hot summer day. And I was, I mean, really smelling it. I mean, and, and she sees me at Walmart. She comes, hey, how you been? And, and, I, and I, I gave her a hug, and, and you could see the, in her face. And I'm like, good. And so from that day on, I decided I am never going to stop wearing deodorant. You see, I, want, I didn't want that to, I don't want that to happen again, and it hasn't, so... So that was, a, that was a good lesson. If, if, if some of you all don't use deodorant yet, I really recommend it. Or if you don't use it constantly, I, I recommend you to use it, rather. I am so sorry, I know. But I, I, would, I just got reminded of that, you know. Um, so, yeah, so you're growing. You know, you can say, I am growing, I am blessed, I am strong, I am stable, I am pleasing to be around, I smell good, you know. And both trees um, depicted here are evergreens all year long. You know, you never see a, a brown palm tree, you know, just decaying, falling down. Uh, many seasons can go by, and uh, the palm tree will always stand. Now, I also, in the house in Mexico where we used to live, we had a palm tree right in our backyard, and they gave some really good coconuts, I tell you. Um, but yeah, we had a mild winter, you know, it wasn't like here, it was really different. Um, the temperatures maybe got to the 50s, but even still, the palm tree, it never, never changed colors and never seemed to be down. It always seemed to be nice and strong, you know? Um, now, both trees, like I said, are evergreens all year long. There's life in them. Uh, there's strength. There's victory. There's fruit. They're always growing and prospering, you know? The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Now, Continuing on to say, who will flourish? You know, it says here, those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our gods. Now, those that are planted shall flourish. Now, the Bible doesn't say those who go to church. You know, those are, are going to church. Those who go to church will flourish. You know, those who go to church in Easter will flourish. It doesn't say that, you know. It doesn't say those who go to church or, or those who are going to church. It doesn't, it doesn't say that. But those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our gods. You know, they sh uh, continuing on with the text, it says they shall still bring fruit, uh, forth fruit in old age. Uh, continuing uh, Psalms 92 verse 14, it continues to say they shall still bring forth fruit in old age and they shall be fat and flourishing. <laughs> now you look at me like, you're, you're doing all that, you know? <laughs> you know not, but other translations say, <laughs> just, just so I can redeem myself, other translations say they will stay fresh and green. The English Standard Version says it that way. Um, the NIV says they're still vital and green, you know? 
Um, you can look at me and say, Brother Eric, you're flourishing, man. You know, some of us, after we get married, we start to flourish. <laughs> My wife and I were talking about that earlier. It's like, man, we, we were a little skinnier when we, before we got married. You know, it was that good cooking we do. <laughs> Continuing on verse 15, it says, To show that the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there's no unrighteousness in him. Now, to proclaim, now, we, we're, we're, we're flourishing. We, we're still bringing fruit, you know. We, we're not going to, to, to be withered, you know. We're going to continue being fat and flourishing um, to show, to proclaim that the Lord is upright. He is my rock. We're going to proclaim that. Now, those that are planted in the house of Lord, they're flourishing. They're blessed. They're prospering. They're connected to the church. They're emotionally engaged. They're making a difference. They're fulfilled. They are flourishing. Now, sadly, unfortunately for some of us, if we were to describe ourselves in our current situation right now, um, we wouldn't necessarily use the word flourishing. Instead of saying I'm spiritually flourishing, we may say I'm spiritually dry. You know, if we're honest with, with ourselves, you know, Instead of saying I'm thriving, you may say I'm withering. Instead of saying I'm connected, you say I'm distracted. You know, instead of saying I'm prospering financially, I'm being a blessing, you may say I'm financially hurting. I am restrained. Instead of saying I'm spiritually fulfilled and full of joy, you're saying I'm still searching, seeking for that joy, looking for joy in our relationship, looking for it in, in other things that are not of the church. And we may say, I go to church, but I'm not flourishing. And who will flourish? Those that are planted. Now, the problem is that we're not planted sometimes. We need to see ourselves as a seed. We need to see our lives as a seed. Because a seed, it has potential. Your life has potential. You have potential. A seed has a tremendous potential to grow, to thrive, to multiply, to produce fruit, to be a, blessings to, to, be a blessing to others. But a seed that is not planted has no potential, right? Take a seed. You can hold it in your hand all you want. You can put it in a jar or something. I mean, something may grow, but, you know, if it's not planted, it won't grow. In, in our house, I have a little bamboo plant, you know, and it's been staying kind of the same size uh, for a long time. But then you see bamboo in the wild. They grow fast. It's the fastest growing plant, you know, and, 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 and the difference is because the one I have in my house is, is compacted to a little place. But in the wild, they have all, these, all this space, all this root to grow. You know, we, we often say, hey, get, I'm ready to worship. You know, I'm ready to praise. You know, I need all that space to grow. You know, we need to see our lives like a seed, as a seed. Now, here's what we know about planting a seed. You know, it's mainly common sense. Now, a seed can only grow if it's planted. Right? A seed can only grow if it's planted. Now, who flourishes? Those who are planted in the house of God. In the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 13, verses 3 through 8, uh, Jesus is telling a story of the sower. Um, he's telling a parable. Um, I'm reading from a different translation. I'm reading from the NIV here. They may have uh, King James up there. But um, he's, he's, he starts to talk to them in parables, you know, little stories, so that way... Um, who the crowd he's talking to, in this case his disciples, can kind of connect with what he's saying. Uh, he says a farmer went out to sow seed. He went out throwing seed. 
you know. As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil, and it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seeds fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seeds fell on good soil, where it produced a crop. A hundred, sixty, thirty times it was sown. That was sown. So it multiplied. A hundred, sixty, thirty, you know, a lot of times. That's a big number. And then we go down to verse 18 and 23 where Jesus explains what he meant by the type of soil where the, where the um, seeds have fallen. You know, it says, listen to me, uh, verse 18, uh, that same chapter, says, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away, what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to somebody or someone who hears the word and, and at once receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they will only last a short time. When the trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they will, qui uh, they will quickly fall away. Now, the seed falling along among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but, but the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke that word, making it unfruitful. They choke that seed, that plant. Now, but the seed falling on good soil, refers, good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what it was sown. So you, you see what's happening here. He's using like a metaphor of us being the seed and the word of God being, or rather the soil being our hearts. You know, we, we, we've heard this message a, a, a lot of times, at least I have, you know, but some people have potential. You know, it, it, what it's saying here, they'll start to grow, but then they fade away. Some start to thrive spiritually, but the worries and concerns of this world and the bills and the struggle of life, um, the marriage, you know, Financial problems start to choke the spiritual, uh, the spiritual growth. But then a seed that falls on good soil, he says, it multiplies 30 times, 60 times, 100 times. That one seed becomes a massive blessing because it was planted on good soil. Now, who is the one that flourishes? Those that are planted in the house of the Lord. The seed can only grow if it's planted. We are a seed. Amen. Now, Going to church, and here's uh, what I mainly want to talk about. Going to church isn't the same as being the church. You know, going to church is it's just like a, a something we say. You know, I go to church. Um, it could be negotiable. It could be questionable. You know, I was like, are we going to church today? Have you, have you ever found yourself in that situation? You wake up, you're not feeling all right. You're like, I, should I go to church today? You know, you, you may discuss it with your spouse. Hey, should we go to church today? You know, we... Um, I really want to go out and eat instead. You know, I, I, I wake up hungry on Sundays. So, well, that's every day actually. <laughs> you know, church is optional. You know, to people that only come to church, um, it's a destination. It's no longer, You know, it's a destination. It's a building. It's a place. You know, but when you are the church, now being the church, it's who you are. It's who we are. You know, it's an identity that we take up. Now, to be the church, you know, it's a lot of that comes with being the church. 
Church is no longer a destination, but it's a characteristic. Something that we are. We have to be the church. We have to be planted in the church. Now, the Greek word for church um, is ecclesia. You know, that's how you pronounce it. Ecclesia. Some pronounce it ecclesia. Ecclesia um, is, is referred to the, the Latin word to that um, is iglesia, which, you know, in Spanish it means church. Um, but ecclesia is a Greek word for church, which stands for the gathering of those summoned. Now, the coming together of those who are called. You know, we are the church, we are the called ones. You know, some Bible scholars may define it as the called out ones. Those that are called out. You know, we gather together we, uh, to be unified, to honor our God, and to corporately hear the word of God. And we use, and, you know, to use our gifts, you know, the, the, the Spirit gives us gifts. You know, we come, we get together, we are the church, we do all that. Um, as we grow... And become stronger, you know, in, in, in other words, we flourish, you know. We're growing, we're flourishing, we become the church, and then we go out into the world. That's what it says, the called out ones, we go out. We're no longer content just being here, being in the church, but we go out, you know. That's what the gospel says. We've got to go out and preach it to all the nations, you know. we got to go out. Like, you know, pastor's been on this uh, since he cast his vision. Th- th- this church will be the source. We will get resources here, we'll go out. No, that's, that's what our, our focus, our vision for the church is uh, this year. And something changes, you know, when, when, when you're planted. You know, when you're planted, we become the church. We, uh, you become the church. Uh, we're no longer spiritual consumers. We no longer just come here to get what I want. You know, we're no longer here consuming, just taking it in. You know, the church no longer exists for us. We exist for the church. Now, we are the church, and we exist for the world now, too. We gotta, you know, we're the called out ones. We are the church. Tell somebody, be the church. Be the church. Kind of like pointing fingers almost, be the church. You know? um, now, here, uh, an example I want to give. We have the same scenario, but two different pe- uh, people, you know, two different reactions. We have person A over here and person B. Now, person A, now keep in mind, it's, it's the same scenario, um, but there's two responses. And person A over here goes to church. Worship moves on them. You know, they, they come to the altar. They, they raise their hands. They can shout. They can, you know, the worship moves them. The sermon speaks to them. You know, a lot of times I, I feel like sometimes it's just me and pastor in a room, and he's telling me stuff about my life. You know, the sermon speaks to that person. Uh, somebody prayed for them, for this person, person A. They feel loved. They feel changed by the power of Jesus. So all the good things happen. You know, everything that has to happen in the church to this person happen. But what doesn't happen is that they don't connect with other believers. They don't recognize the vision of the church. Pastor just casted it a couple weeks ago. You know, it's still fresh in us. So they don't recognize the vision of the church. They go to church, but they don't contribute gladly. Now, you know, we're blessing when we give cheerfully, you know. But when they don't contribute gladly, that's when something changes. They don't serve this person. doesn't serve. doesn't do anything. And then time goes by. And... uh, then they'll be in the 41% range of people that come to church. But they're not in the 25% that is active in the church. They'll still come to church on Easter Sunday. They'll still come to church every day. Or not every day. Every Sunday. Every Wednesday even. But the marriage is suffering. The kids are doing things they shouldn't be doing. They have financial struggles. 
they are not satisfied. In other words, they're not flourishing, right? Now, person B, on this, the other hand, uh, they go to church. It's the same thing. Worship moves on them. The sermon speaks to them. Somebody prayed for them. They feel, you know, they're praying for others. Somebody prayed for them. They feel love. They love others. And what happens is that they start to develop relationships in the church. They start praying for people. People are praying for them. They're praying for each other. They contribute. You know, they give their talents. They serve. They become involved in the church. Uh, God gives them gifts and talents. You know, we talked about that. You get gifts and talents. And now the church for them is not a destination, but it's an, an identity that they embrace. Uh, person B, uh, they become part of the family of God. They become the church. And then time goes by, and they're connected with others now. They're developing relationships within the church. Their roots grow deeper in the church. And now the storms come. Now life will still be life. The storm will come, and the tree can withstand the storm because the roots have grown deep. And they remain connected. They remain in the church. They stay connected. Like I said, there's a big difference between coming to church and being the church. Now, two things happen when you're planted. Um, we, like I said, we talked about a seed that is planted. It begins to grow on good soil, obviously. Um, I want to go to Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 8, and I'll be reading from uh, the New Living Translation, something a little different that they have up there. <clears throat> uh, Jeremiah 17 and 8, it says, now, like I said, two things happens when you're planted. Number one is that your, your roots grow deep. That's the first thing that happens when you are planted on good soil, when you're planted. Your roots begin to grow deep. Uh, Jeremiah 17 8 says, They are like the trees planted along the riverbank with roots that reach deep in the water. Such trees are not bothered, not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Now, how many of you guys are feeling the heat right now? Trials, tribulations going on. How many of you feel like in a dry place? You know, if you're honest with yourself, you can raise your hand and say that. But when your roots grow deep, the Bible says that the trees are not bothered or worried by long months of drought. You know why? Because they are connected to a source. Their roots have grown deep. They're connected to a source that is greater than any problem that appears to rise on the surface. You know, Jesus said in John 4, uh, chapter 4 and verse 14, uh, he said, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. Now, Jesus is the source in this case. He is the water that where our roots grow deep. We go, you know, we get Jesus. Uh, but the water that I shall give him shall be in a well of water springing up to everlasting life. That's a promise right there. Jesus will become, you know, our source, the water that we need to grow. Our roots have to grow deep, though, you know, because the roots grow deep, reach the water. Those are the ones that reach the water, the ones that, that, that reach the, you know, the water, that grow deep, rather. Um, this is kind of in correlation to a redwood tree. I know, uh, I think Pastor or, or Brother Roberts, one of you guys taught, um, it showed an image of a redwood tree. You know, uh, we know that that is the biggest tree that is known, you know, and earth um, grows really, really tall. It's really, really wide. Um, I did a little bit of uh, digging uh, or research here. Uh, they grow in about 20 to 30 feet in diameter. They're really wide. Uh, the roots, they expand 50 to 100 feet, you know, in all directions. Um, 
And what happens when they're planted right next to each other, the roots begin to intertwine, you know? Now, that's what needs to happen to us. Our roots have to grow deep. We have to intertwine with the believers, with the church. Why? So when the storm comes, you know, you've never seen a fallen redwood tree because the wind blows, but the roots are sustaining it. The roots are sustaining each other. They intertwine, you know? That's what the church needs. You know, we need to be intertwined with each other, build relationships so that our roots can grow deeper. The second thing that happens when you're planted is that your roots will produce fruits. You know, Jeremiah 17 and 8, uh, you know, you grow deep and produce fruits. That, that's what happens. So two things that happen. Uh, they are like trees planted along the riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of droughts. Their leaves stay green, and they never stop producing fruit. Now, it doesn't say produce fruit, as you, know, you may think of a fruit. But what the writer is saying here is, uh, what Jesus is saying, rather, or no, the writer, uh, Jeremiah, saying the, the spiritual fruits here are the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, Paul said in Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, you know, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. So when you're planted, your roots begin to grow and the fruits begin to sprout. You know, the fruits of the Spirit. That's why it's important to be planted. It's important to be the church. Amen. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. I'm reading from a different translation, uh, just for better understanding. Uh, uh, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, uh, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When you're planted, you can consider it joy when you're faced with trials and tribulations. Amen? Because you have the fruits of the Spirit, and one of the fruits is joy. You know, and, and there's a scripture that says that, you know, I, like I said, God was just throwing stuff at me, and I didn't even have a chance to look for the scripture where it says that. I think it's in Romans. Um, but when you're faced with trials and tribulations, you can consider it joy when those trials come. Because why? Because you're planted, your roots are deep, you're, ma- you're producing fruits, you know, fruits of the Spirit. Amen. And we can, when we stop just simply coming to church and we start being the church, our roots will naturally grow. Right. It will become something natural that we do. You know, Church is no longer, like I said, a destination. It's something that we are. It's not. It's non-negotiable. Um, you know, we're not saying I may go to church today. You know, if I feel like it. A lot of times, I found myself saying that, "Hey, I don't feel like going to church." But then I realized, "Hey, I, I'm I'm the church. I've got to be there." You know, the church can be the church without you, without me. We need each other. Right. Amen. Uh, so now when we start being the church, our roots will naturally grow. Now we will not only feel connected or intertwined, but now we become part of the structure of the church, part of the body of Christ. We become the church. Um, when we are the church, we belong to the body of Christ. And by understanding that, we know that the body has many members. And each member is important to the body um, to function as it should. Um, and I want to identify five areas in our lives um, these could be thoughts or actions um, that prevent us from being the church, and we settle for just coming to church. Uh, and I want to turn my attention to 1 Corinthians tw- uh, chapter 12, verses 12 through 14. This is what the Word of God says about, about a body. You know, It says, just as a body, those one has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body. 
so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form the body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. We're all given this, the one spirit to drink, even so the body is not made up of one part, but many. Now what it's saying is, the, yeah, the body is formed of many parts. You know, you have, we've used this imagery, you have the hand, the leg, your foot, your toes, you know, fingers, all of that. We all got to be part of that. You know, we're, we're, yeah, we're one, but it has many different parts. Uh, all of us together create one body. And that includes you, that includes me, that includes everybody. If you have been baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, you have received the Holy Ghost, evidence speaking in other tongues, uh, the Bible says that it doesn't matter if you're free or slave. Uh, you know, we're not saying that you're freed or slave, but it's saying it doesn't matter if you have struggles in your life or if, if you have been having victories. It says that by being baptized and receiving the Holy Spirit, you belong to the body of Christ. Now you're part of the church, and now you must be the church. But it's not easy. It's not easy being the church. You know, it's, it's something we, we may say lightly, but then we look at him it like it's not really easy to be the church. But here's uh, something I want to, some pointers I want to give you guys so that it may help you um, being the church. Um, because it's not easy sometimes because we're still in this world and we're still in this flesh. And sometimes carnality and the world get entangled in our lives, making it difficult to be the church. But here are five things that will help you improve your life and encourage you to be the church. Um, and, and I will break each, each one of them and provide, you know, uh, biblical content. Uh, number one, you have to leave behind the things that take your focus away from the church. Um, number two, you got to change your mentality from what can the church do for me to what I can do for the church. Number three, you got to leave behind the I don't belong mentality. Number four, and I, I, try, I try to do something here, but I put participate, dot, 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 in spiritual warfare. you got to participate in spiritual warfare. And number five, you have to be willing. Um, those are the five things that I want to share with you guys to hopefully it will help you to be the church and not only come to church. Uh, number one, leave behind the things that take your focus away from the church. Now, here I want to give kind of like a problem-solution type, type of deal. And the problem we see here is, is daily life, work, family, marriage, health, finances, you name it. You know, these are the worries of life that take your, um, what's it called, your focus away from the church. Um, you, you, yeah, you may still be here. You may still come to the altar. You may still worship. But you have this. You're, 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 you're focusing more on the problems of last week. You're focusing on your marriage problems. You're focusing on your kids' problems. You know, you're focusing on, you're focusing on work. You know, a lot of times we come, we have a big project uh, at work, and you're focusing on that. So th that becomes a problem, you know, I would say. You know, daily life, work, family, marriage, health, finances, all of that. You know, you may be sick. You know, you may have, you know, hurt something last week or the week before coming to church. Um, and all that kind of takes your, your attention away. The solution here is to apply the word of God to every aspect of your life. And recognize that the church is not a place where we go, uh, but the church is the body of Christ. It's who we are. You know, uh, Colossians 3 and 16, uh, chapter 3 and verse 16, uh, the Bible says, The word of Christ dwells abundantly in you, teaching and exhorting one another in all wisdom, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord with psalms and hymns, and spiritual songs. Now we gotta 
see that and be okay, so the, the word of Christ is, is in us. We got to put the word of Christ in every aspect of our lives, like I said. So if the word of Christ is in us, you know, uh, song, uh, there's a psalm that says, uh, your word have I hid in my heart so I don't sin. So not only becomes an everyday thing, it becomes a sin thing. Because if the word is in you, you may think twice about sinning or about committing a sin. You know, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 14, uh, for just as the body is one, like we just read, and has many members, but all members of the body, being many, are one body, so also Christ. Because by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, uh, being Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, Gentiles uh, or whatever they are. It doesn't matter. Um, and we are giving to drink the same spirit. It says, furthermore, the body is not a single member, but many. Uh, we go down to verse 27 now. It says, you then now are the body of Christ and members, each one in particular. You are now the body of Christ. Um, you know, we got to recognize that. You know, we're the body of Christ. We're, we're the church. we got to be the church. Uh, second point or second problem, I would say, uh, you have a point, is to change your mentality from what can the church do for me. And the problem here is where we settle in an environment where you just come and receive. It's all just about me. It's all about what I can get. I come to the church and, and just, you know, pull, 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 but I don't give. You know, the solution here is that we have, uh, we have to recognize that we are servants of the Lord, that we have been saved to do the Great Commission. You know, that's the gospel. Um, we have a, a commission as a church. If you're the church, you have to do what the gospel commands you to do. Uh, Mark 16 and 15, he said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You know, Acts 1 and 8 said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be witnesses, my witnesses, in Jerusalem, and all Judea, and all Samaria, to all the ends of the earth. Every part of the world we got to get to. Matthew 18 and 20, it says, For wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Now, we have to understand we have God, Jesus is with us. He's on our side. You know, we have to recognize that we're his servants that we have been saved to do the Great Commission, to, you know, do the gospel. Uh, third problem or third, you know, point is leaving behind the I don't belong mentality. Um, the problem that we may encounter in this case is that we see that there's nothing in common with, common with others. Now, I can put myself in that boat because I come from a different culture. Pastor was all over this last night talking about, you know, the Hispanic culture. Um, and the differences, but a lot of times that comes into our mind, you know, that, that becomes a problem. We see that there's nothing in common with others. I've stand there before, you know, when I come in, I'm like, I can't relate to a football game. I can't relate to golf. I, you know, I, you talk to me about all that. You know, in, in high school, believe it or not, I played football, and I, I just did it for fun. I never understood it, honestly. I never understood it. <laughs> all, all I know is that I had to run the ball to the other end and try not to get hit. That's all, that's all really I understood, honestly. I didn't get the points. I didn't get the flags. I didn't get the yard. You know, they would tell me, you got to, okay, just, just tell me where to be and I'll be there. That was my mentality, you see. So we see that you have nothing in common with others, you know. Um, I apologize. But, yeah, believe it or not, I did play football, okay. Um, so, yeah, so we see that there's nothing in common with others. You know, that, that could be a problem. Now, the solution here. 
um, you have to recognize that even though there are differences in our color, in our language, in our, you know, uh, culture, uh, we got to recognize that even though there are differences, we're all, we all have something in common. We all have this one thing in common, is that we were all sinners. We were all broken. We all needed forgiveness. We've been forgiven. We're all filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking one tongue. Amen. Uh, Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verses 8 to 10, and then we'll jump down to verses 12 and 14. It says, by, <clears throat> excuse me, for by the grace are you saved through faith, faith. And that not of yourselves, but it's a gift of God. And it says, you didn't do it yourself, but the Spirit has saved you. You've been saved by grace, uh, not by works. It's not something that you do so you can boast. For we are in this workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand for us to walk in them. Verses 12 through 14, jumping down now, says, at the time you were without Christ, you were a stranger. You know, you were, uh, 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 what's it called? I have a different translation here. I'm trying to read. Alien, yeah. From the citizenship of Israel and, yeah, it says here, alien to the covenants of the promises. Without hope and without God in the world. That's what you used to be. You know, we all have that in common. We all used to be, we all used to be strangers out there. We used to be out in the world sinning, doing our thing. But now we're in the, uh, we're in the body, we're in church, we're being the church. Amen. Uh, but now in Christ Jesus, you were once far off, have been brought near to the blood of Christ because he is our peace who made both peoples one, breaking down the intermediate wall of separation. We're all united now. That's where the roots come in. That's where we have to be united. That's where the roots grow. Uh, Romans 12, 1 through 8 uh, uh, says here, Therefore, brothers, I beg you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Uh, which is your rational worship. Do not conform to this world, you know, to this age, but transform yourself through the renewal of your understanding so that you can see what the good will of God is, pleasant and perfect. I say then, by the grace that is given to me to each one of you among you, not to have a higher opinion of himself than he should have, uh, but to think himself with sanity according to the measure of faith that God distributed to each of you. Because in the way that the body have many members, but not all members have the same function. So we, being many, are one body. You know, it, it talks about different, what I understood from this is many different people coming together, be, making one big body. Uh, having different gifts according to the grace that is given to us. Uh, one is a prophecy, you know, we have prophets that may come out of church to be according to measure of faith and of service and serving. Or he who teaches and teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation, the one who distributes liberally, the one who presides with requests, and the one who shows mercy with joy. You know, we have, to, we have to change that. You know, we have to leave behind the I don't belong mentality. You know, uh, I, 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 I get tired of saying this, but I, I, I don't, you know, I'm not saying I see this, but sometimes I feel like um, we, we, there's a little bit of separation. You know, um, I'm not saying there, mm -hmm, I am saying there is. Sorry. But... You know, it may feel sometimes like uh, that I, I, I feel hard to go talk to somebody because I can't find something coming, yet I try. You know, we all got to do the same thing. You know, we got to break down the I don't belong. Um, if, if you're here, if you're a guest, if you're first time coming, if you just started coming to church, just know that you belong here. I mean, I, I used to feel separated from when I started church, coming to church. I, I, I was like, I have nothing, I have no business doing there. You know that the people running the aisles, you know, Brother Sylvia jumping up and down. You know, you got 
uh, asking to be dumped, dunked in a, in a pool of water every service we come at. You know, I was like, this is not for me. You know, when, when I used to think of church as a quiet place. You know, you come in, shh, you know, and, hey, shh, you know, kids in the back crying, you know. Uh, but no, I, I used to feel like that way. I used to feel you know, separated. Um, but now I don't because I understand that the church is an, an identity that you must put on. Um, fourth point, and I'm, oh, man, time flies. Okay. Uh, participate in spiritual uh, warfare. Now, the problem here could be is knowing that somebody or someone is struggling with something and not doing nothing. You know, uh, we come to prayer. We have prayer requests, you know. Um, we pray for you guys, but but we're not engaged in the spiritual warfare. We just do a little, you know, uh, prayer, and that may be it, but we have to engage. Uh, uh, we have to participate in the spiritual warfare. The solution here is that we must remember that we are not in this alone. We must be united. Uh, Ephesians 6 and 12 says, For we do not fight against blood and flesh, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in the high places, in the high regions. We are not fighting each other. We have to be engaged in the spiritual warfare because we're not, I'm not fighting any of you guys. You know, you may lose. Okay. Okay. No, I'm not fighting. I'm not. We're, we're not here to fight. You know, we're we're not fighting each other. We're fighting the spirits. <laughs> we're fighting uh, the spirits. You know, against. You know, it says rulers of high places, uh, wickedness, and all that. First uh, uh, Thessalonians five and eleven. So wherefore encourage one another and build one another up, says you do. Uh, Ecclesiastes four verses nine and ten says two are better than one. Because they have better pay for, uh, from their work. For if they fall, one will rise his companion, but woe to him that is alone. It's like pity. Another version says pity the one that falls. Uh, when he falls, there will be no, no other one to lift them up. Um, like, uh, this reminded me of uh, Mr. T. You know, I pity the fool that is alone. Uh, and last point, we're coming to an end. Uh, last point. Um, the, the fifth thing we got to look at, we have to be willing. Um, the problem we can identify here is that there's an opportunity to serve, but we do not see the profit. We do not see the gains, you know. Like, yeah, I mean, I want to serve, but what do I get out of it, you know. But we have to be willing. Uh, we have to remember that we are doing God's work and will. You know, we're doing the great commission. Is that he, something that, the mission that he has sent us to do. James 1 and 22 uh, remind you, be doers of the word and not only hearers, deceiving yourself. He said, you're going to lie to yourself if you only hear the word, but you don't do it. John 13 and 35, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You have to be willing to love each other. You know, you have to be willing to show that love. Why? Because people out there, people in the world are going to look for that love. And they're going to look for a church where you feel the love. And, and I got to tell you, when I came to this church, that's the first thing I felt since I walked in the door. That was at the other building. You know, somebody shook my hand. They leaned and hugged me, asked me for my name. Never seen me before. Um, went inside. Somebody else greeted me. People were high-fiving me. You know, you feel that love. You feel that connection. Um, I know Pastor, I know we, he talks about us a lot. If you don't feel welcome in this church, there's something wrong with you. You know, we're welcoming. I mean, you know, at least we try to be. You know, if, if you don't get welcomed at the door, then, you know, maybe some, somebody's not there. But, you know, 
that's what the world is looking for. The world is looking for for that love. You know, something that they're not finding in in the world. Uh, really close to an end here. Um, Ephesians four eleven and twelve eleven and twelve rather. Uh, and he himself appointed some apostles, two others prophets, two others evangelists, pastors, teachers, in order to perfect the saints of the work of the ministry for edification of the body of Christ. Now you have to be willing to be the church, you have to be willing, because you have a calling. You know, whether you realize it or not, you have a calling. Um, a lot of times it's not to come out here and preach and teach, but you have that calling. You know, Matthew, uh, going, going, coming to an end, Matthew 28 and 16, uh, this is a, a, a commission that God gave to the disciples uh, before he ascended to heaven. So but the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain, to the mountain where Jesus had ordered them. He had told them to go somewhere. Uh, when they saw him, they worshipped him. Some doubted, and Jesus approached and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, teaching them uh, to keep all the things that I have commanded you. And behold, I am there with you every day until the end of the world. Now, we're not in this alone. God is with us. We have each other. Our roots are growing. We're intertwining. We're planting. We're flourishing. We're giving fruits. We're being the church. Can you, you may stand on your feet, coming to an end. Now, if you've been struggling with being the church and not only coming to church, I encourage you, please, to um, look over these notes I, 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 I thought about. Um, you may, you, you were probably struggling, and I'm not trying to boast myself or anything like that, not at all, but... I, have, I feel that today's word is going to be a life-changing moment for somebody. You may look back and say, hey, that's, that, that's the time when I realized that I needed to be the church and not only come to church. So let's pray right now. Can you lift a hand, maybe bow your head? Lord Jesus, help us be doers of the word and not only hearers, Lord God. Help us be the church, Lord God. Help our roots grow, Lord. Give us water. To Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus.